And to see me be able to find incredible people and give them that, moms that have stay-at-home moms or single moms that now get to have a career and be around their children as much as they would like and be able to be a part of their lives more significantly. Um, and just being able to give people that freedom is the, one of the most empowering, exciting things for me. Like to, so yes, do we want to build a world-class social media agency? Do we want to build, yes, all, all those things are a given, but ultimately finding great people and giving them a life of freedom is what makes me wake up every day feeling like I've done something meaningful. Like that to me is, that is definitely my driving force. Heroes are an inspiring group of people, every one of them from the larger-than-life comic book heroes you see on the big silver screen, the everyday heroes that let us live the privileged lives we do. Every hero has a story to tell, from the doctor saving lives at your local hospital, to the war veteran down the street who risked his life for our freedom, to the police officers and the firefighters who risk their safety to ensure ours. Every hero is special and every story worth telling. But there is one class of heroes that I think is often ignored. The entrepreneur, the creator, the producer, the ones who look at the problems in this world and think to themselves, you know what, I can fix that, I can help people, I can make a difference. Then they go out and do exactly that by creating a new product or introducing a new service. Some go on to change the world. Others make a world of difference to their customers. Welcome to The Hero Show. Join us as we pull back the masks on the world's finest heropreneurs and learn the secrets to their powers, their success, and their influence. So you can use those secrets to attract more sales, make more money, and experience more freedom in your business. I'm your host, Richard Matthews, and we are on in three, two, one. Hello and welcome back to The Hero Show. My name is Richard Matthews. And today I'm live on the line with Jason Yormark. Jason, are you there? I am here. Awesome. Glad to have you here, Jason. Uh, we were talking before we got on. You're, uh, you're coming in from Seattle. Is that right? Or that Seattle is correct. Area, at least. Seattle area. Uh, have you guys started to get the cold yet or is it still, uh, still warm have. there? We have. I actually I was in Arizona for two weeks, the past two weeks. And when I left, it was still warm here. When I got back it uh, the, the season has changed so it was a very strange experience to leave it in one way and then come back and have and have it be cold so, so it, it's cool for sure up in that part of the country not it well every sometimes um it's interesting because i'm originally from chicago so i'm no stranger to snow but here uh usually what will happen is we'll get like one storm a year uh, sometimes we'll skip it but when it snows here the entire region practically shuts down because i'm pretty sure they have like one plow for the entire state um yeah, but people definitely I, freak out when it snows i just i just shut down i'm like i'm not even gonna go out because people are just it's it turns pretty nuts i remember that uh in california we had um i was in california for a number of um was where i grew up and we had a mm -hmm. snowstorm came through once um it happens like once every 20 years a snowstorm comes through and uh, it put like 10 inches of snow on the ground that lasted like the afternoon, but like right. the whole state, the whole state like freaked out. They're like, people are going to die. <laughs> yeah, that's very much yeah. like that here. Yeah, so it's funny. Um, so for for the uh, audience who is paying attention to my wife and I's travels, we are still in uh, Sarasota, Florida from uh, same with the last episode we were on. So we're, uh, we're, we're still making our way around Florida in our travels. Um, and what I want to do real quick for you, Jason, for the our audience may not know you is just do a very brief introduction and we'll start diving into your story so they get to know you a little bit more. So Jason is the founder of a B2B social media agency called Socialistics. You've been doing that for about three years now. Um, you got a bunch of experience in the space that uh, lets you start this business. But what I want to sort of get into is what is it that you're known for, right? What's your business like now? Who do you serve? And what is it that you do for them exactly? Sure. So Socialistics is a uh, B2B social media agency. Uh, we do do some work B2C, but uh, we've kind of made a name for ourselves as a B2B 
social media agency, which is a little different, right? When you're talking about businesses that have a little bit longer customer life cycle. So you, you have to kind of think of that differently. It's not a point and click product situation. So it's a little bit more strategic, yeah, a little yeah. bit more involved, but we've made a, that That's where a lot of my experience prior to socialistics existed. And I just kind of uh, leveraged that experience and we've kind of established ourselves as a, as a thought leader and, and a B2B um, social media expert. So we, we, full service social media management for a variety of different clients. We've worked with, uh, we've worked with the Air Force. We've worked with Habitat for Humanity. We've worked with a lot of technology companies, insurance, um, every, anything and everything in between. Uh, it really, it just comes down to businesses that uh, are really looking to have their social media actually have measurable results. And that's really what makes us different is that we really focus, we, we shy away from vanity metrics and we really look at leads, customers, sales. We need to make sure that the work that we're doing aligns to that and we can communicate that to the client so that they can see the value in it and, and want to continue to work with us. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. As uh, someone who's got a small B2B um, agency myself, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I could see the value in having someone who specifically knew how to run our social media. So do you, do you ever work with smaller companies or do you only work with like large companies like the Air Force and Habitat for Humanity? No, it's, it's, if, I mean, I, I throw those out cause that's the, those are the ones those that the people cool will, re- will recognize. Right. Um, but yeah, we, I mean, we work with, it really just comes down to, it's not so much, I mean, small business is kind of a term that's, it's kind of ambiguous because it can mean a lot. I mean, there's, there's businesses that, do 5 million a year that probably refer to themselves as small business. So it really depends on what you mean by that. I think ultimately we typically, we, you know, the best clients for us are are businesses that have established marketing budgets. um, Don't have to be convinced that that marketing is a thing to grow your business. Um, You know, typically they're spending a couple thousand dollars at minimum with an, in an agency relationship that, you know, that's what works for us. I mean, the small mom and pop shops, things of that nature that maybe can only afford a couple hundred dollars a month. We're, we're not the best fit for that. I mean, I, I love to help them and I love to, you know, at least um, try to provide some to be helpful. Um, but in terms of a, an, an actual working relationship, it's typically businesses that can afford to spend a couple thousand dollars a month at minimum um, on their marketing and specifically their social media. So are you doing, uh, are you doing any advertising on the social media platforms or is it all just sure. sort of organic social media stuff? It's both. I mean, uh, paid, we never, we, we typically avoid working with clients that are not comfortable with having an ad budget because organic reach is so non-existent on social these days. I mean, these platforms are designed to, um, provide a, right. I mean, one of my favorite quotes or, or sayings, and I can't remember who said it is, uh, if you don't know. Um, what the product is, you are the product. And that's basically what Facebook is, right? I mean, their product is people and they're selling data and they're giving, they're selling access to getting in front of people. So a lot of people have a level of uncomfortable, that they're uncomfortable with that. I think there's a lot of, obviously with privacy and things of that nature, but ultimately at the end of the day, from a business standpoint, I mean, where would you rather be? You know, 40 years ago where your only ability to, to market to people was through billboards and TV and radio, spending tons of money, not measurable and really having no idea what works and what doesn't, or now you live in a world where you, the barrier to entry is so much lower. You don't have to spend a ton of money. It's very measurable and you know exactly how much you're spending, who it's getting in front of and and what's working and what isn't. So Facebook's in the business of making money. So, you know, you have to get comfortable with that. What, what social platforms do you find are, are the best ones for, uh, for B2B style businesses? Uh, I would say the big four for us is typically where we live, you know, Facebook, Twitter, 
um, LinkedIn and Instagram are the big four that we spend the majority of our time. Uh, like I said, we don't, we don't do a lot of point and click product work. We don't do a lot of youth based products. So we're not really, you know, our, our specialty really isn't in the TikToks of the world and, and the up and coming youth oriented channels. Kind of no, it's not. And that's not really where we want to be. Um, you know, we, we kind of live in a much more, like I said, B2B professional environment. So th those big four are typically where we spend the majority of our time. So do you guys, do you actually help the clients create the content they need for social media or do we they do. create it and you just do the work for it? No, we're full service. So typically the best engagement with us is we're, we're managing end to end. That's the difference between them hiring an employee and just hiring an agency to basically manage it end to end, creating the content, uh, creating an editorial calendar, publishing, paid, you know, sometimes influencer campaigns, reporting and analytics, you know, really our job is to be an extension of their business and really get up to speed with who they are, what they represent, their core values, their competition, and, and get to a place after a couple of months where we're a natural extension of their business. And, you know, working, whether you work with us or any agency, it's always going to be roughly half as much yeah, as, yeah. as if you were to hire somebody. I say, it seems like uh, um, just, just off the top of my head that it wouldn't take a lot for that type of a service to really pay for itself, especially in my, at least in my business. No. And we, you know, we're, a, we're a, another thing that makes us different is we're a month to month agency, which drives other agencies nuts, but it, it's worked for us because clients stick with us. And I like it because it avoids complacency. We have to earn the work every month. It's a risk-free environment for clients. And if we don't do what we say we're going to do, if we don't deliver results, they're not going to stick around. So I think it's, it's been a great model for us uh, to, to implement because it's allowed us to kind of grow as an agency and build trust relatively quickly with clients. So then I know one of the things that's really important for agencies, um, especially when you're talking about marketing is sort of that, like that ramp up time to go from like getting everything going and figuring out the market and where the audiences are and mm -hmm. you know, yeah. how to actually turn those audiences into a result. What do you, what do you generally coach your clients? Is like, this is how long you should expect mm -hmm. to at least try this out and commit yeah. to it. Um, for sure. Even if you're doing month to month. Well, I tell them, I said, realistically, like, well, even though we're month to month, I mean, I, I tell them expect three to six months before you start to see any significant movement. I mean, good marketing doesn't happen overnight, you know, so yeah, to so come into this, days. yeah, don't expect after 30 days, we're going to change your world. I don't care who you work with. That's not going to happen. Now you can throw a ton of money at ads and, and, you know, create some momentum, but if you really want a sustainable, uh, scalable strategy, it's, it's going to take some time. So it's really about finding a great partner that's going to help you build that up. So we definitely spend the first 30 days getting set up and acclimated with their business. And I usually tell them, you know, within two or three months, we're going to see, we're going to start to see some momentum. And, and uh, typically in most cases, um, we're able to demonstrate that and, and build that trust and, and show that uh, that gets them comfortable and working with us long-term. Yeah, that's really cool. So uh, my my next question for you, then my you know in the, in the outline here is your your origin story, right? Every uh, every good comic book hero has an origin story. It's the thing that made them into the hero they are today. We want to hear that story. Were you born a hero? Were you, were you bit <laughs> by a radioactive spider that made you want to start a social media agency? Um, or did you start in a job and eventually move into becoming an entrepreneur? Uh, basically, want to know where you came from and how you got sure. to this point. I definitely wasn't born. Everything is I'm self-made. Um, but the, 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 the short version of that is, uh, I was in, I was in, I was never a good student. I always was terrible at school and I hated school, but I, but I went to college. I went to a public school and quickly was confused and didn't know what I wanted to do. Grades weren't great. Almost went to film school. I think of which I think about all the time. I've, I've always been a storyteller. I've always been fascinated by storytelling and, and movies but ultimately took the safe path, finished school, got a communications degree, um, 
like school for me was always just a means to an end. I, I ran a, uh, an external painting business in my summers in college. And that is really where my entrepreneurial spirit kind of was built. Like I loved the idea of running a business and being my own boss. And I got a taste of that early on. And that really was the, I think the biggest trigger in what tr ultimately led me to where I am today. I, uh, so I, you know, but I got into marketing, you know, communications, radio, TV, very low paying back in the uh, late nineties. So I decided uh, I got a marketing job and just kind of right around the dot-com bust. So I learned a lot about SEO and uh, just kind of navigated through that and just got into marketing um, relatively in, in an early age and uh, lived in Chicago, moved to Seattle for Microsoft. They were hiring like crazy and uh, had the great opportunity to spend about six or seven years at Microsoft. That's uh, back in 2004, 2005, really got into social media when it started to kind of get popular. Got a lot of experience. I launched social media for the last physical copy of Office for Mac. And uh, I actually cool. ended up getting laid off from Microsoft first time they ever did that. And I had about a year. Uh, they had a great severance package. I had a year to kind of figure things out. And I just started blogging and self-teaching social media, building a following on Twitter, and uh, eventually got named to Forbes Power Social Media Influencers list a few years ago. And just leverage all that experience. And I knew that I always wanted to do my own thing eventually someday. And, um, you know, a couple of years ago, I reached a point in my life where I could take that leap and uh, launch Socialistics. And that's how I got to, got to being where I'm at. That's kind of the, uh, the, the short version of yeah, my origin story. Cool. So um, you said you've been running Socialistics for three years now, right? Uh, yeah, we uh, are about three years in. I, I went, it was a kind of a side hustle at first. And I went full time about a year and a half ago. So how, how many, uh, how many employees do you have in your, how, how big is your team at this point? I think we are at nine now. I just hired a couple more. We've been growing like crazy over the past couple months. So we're, we're closing in on 10. I would imagine by the end of the year, we'll hit that. Um, but uh, yeah, it was just me, uh, but uh, we've reached, reached that size so far. Yeah. And I know, so, so, so you, you mentioned growing quite a bit this year, and I know this year has been really crazy mm -hmm. for a lot of businesses. How yeah. has the whole global pandemic affected your business? Is it actually helping you grow because more more businesses are seeing the need for this? Or like what, what what's this what's the sort of struggle in life been like for, you know? Yeah, at first it hit at first it hit us hard. Um, certainly, just like a, a lot of people in businesses. So we lost a few clients because of that, and uh, we kind of held tight, and then. About three months ago, three or four months ago, things started to pick up a lot. And I, I think I attribute that to a couple of things. Number one, I think people realize this isn't going away anytime soon. So we still need to kind of figure out how we're going to continue to run the business. And I think the second most important part is people realized, regardless of what, when this goes away or what our new normal is going to be, we're going to be much more online than we've ever been. And I think businesses realize we need to get really serious about our social media because it's becoming increasingly more important and uh, more used. And I think that uh, both of those things kind of sparked businesses kind of like re-engaging with agencies to kind of make sure that they get the ball rolling and, and make sure that they're, they're investing and in, in doing, and doing what they need to do around that. So I think it's those things that have really kind of, I mean, plus we've been around for three years. So our brand is out there. It's starting to get found more easily. I, th I think all those things kind of just added up to us, you know, having a lot of growth over the yeah, past yeah. couple months. I said, I almost wish uh, my, my agency was a couple of years older for what we're doing because it would have been mm -hmm. prime time to really grow that um, this way. We, we run a, a full service podcasting agency for, for businesses, which is super Very cool. cool. Um, and we had the same kind of thing, right? The first part of the, the first part of the pandemic, things sort of 
squeezed a little bit and a couple of clients were like, oh my God, everything paused, right? Spent no money at all. Um, and we've come back stronger um, since the summertime, um, which yeah. is cool. Um, and I think we're going to grow really well. And it's it's almost like the the pandemic has taken taken the tri- the trends that were already happening on moving yep. things online and like taken like a 10 year timeline and crunched it to a year yeah. and a half. That's a great way to put it. No, I totally agree. So, totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's really interesting. And I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of potential for growth for certain types of businesses to really help other businesses, particularly in the B2B space to learn how to, you know, whatever it is, um, if it's social media or, you know, get building their platform with podcasts or advertising and getting their business to be online a lot more fully than they were before. Yeah, no, for sure. I agree. Absolutely. So my next question for you then is about your superpowers, right? Mm-hmm. So every iconic hero has a superpower, whether that's a fancy flying suit made by genius intellect or the ability to call down thunder from the sky. <laughs> In the real world, heroes have what I call a uh, zone of genius, which is either a, a skill or a set of skills that you were born with or that you developed over time. That really energize all your other skills, right? It's the one thing that sort of like it's it's the the fabric for for all of your other skills that you've developed, um, and the superpower is what sets you apart. It's what allows you to help your clients slay their villains and come out on top in their journeys. Um, so with that sort of framing, what do you think your superpower is? Um, I, I definitely think it's communication, um, which is kind of a an ambiguous term in, in and of itself. But ultimately, what I mean by that is uh, it's it's a couple of different things. I, I think that I've been told many times over the years that I've, I've just have an authentic true voice, uh, whether it's in blogging or, or on camera or behind a microphone, people feel like what I'm uh, just the way that I talk feels natural and conversational and, and real and doesn't feel like I'm pitching anybody or trying to sell anything. So I definitely think, you know, being an effective communicator through a variety of different channels has, has been something that has definitely helped me navigate my career successfully. You know, being empathetic, um, genuinely helping people. You know, I, I always, you know, I've always like in a lot of the blogging and things that I've written over the years is all designed to help people navigate marketing or, or just kind of help them learn from what I've learned. And, uh, and also, mot- you know, being a motivator, you know, I love when I'm passionate about something, I love to, to, get people excited and, and motivated about whatever that may be. So I, I think it's, you know, being a, a strong communicator is definitely probably the, the fabric of what's allowed me to be successful across all the things I've done in my, my career. So with the skill of communication, do you think that was something that you were, you were born with? You just were always a good communicator. Is this something that you worked on over the years to become a good communicator? No, it's a good question. I think, you know, it's when I hire people, I always say that I hire for the untrainable traits. Like you can always teach somebody to use a platform or get better at a task, but you know, are they a great writer? Are they, are they, do they just communicate very well? Do they, are they, but like, just, do they have traits that inherently they're born with? So I, I guess I, 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 there was some seed of that born in me, I guess, but I definitely think I, I, you know, I, I, I got better at it over time, you know, through my experiences in school and, and running businesses or, you know, I've always, like I said, I was interested in film and movies. I've always been kind of a, you know, a goof off when it comes to doing funny videos and things of that nature over the years. So I always felt comfortable being in front of an audience. It's interesting because I, I consider myself an introvert. Like if you put me in a social environment, like I'm terrible, but you could put me on a stage in front of 10,000 people and I'll, 
I'm totally comfortable with that and I enjoy it. So it's kind of a weird dynamic. So I definitely think it's a combination of both. I think, I think it was born with some of it, but I definitely something that I worked on over the years. I I like that idea too, of hiring for untrainable traits, right? I was, Mm -hmm. uh, I, I, I was just training one of my employees, how we go through the hiring process. Um, and I wish I had that phrase to, uh, yeah. to tell him, right. He'll hear this, this, this episode. So I'm sure he'll sure. Hear, it, hear it in the future, but the, uh, the untrainable traits are, that's a really good way of, of thinking about it. Right. Cause there's the yeah. stuff that's like, Hey, this, you know, people who, you know, the, like the detail orientation or the communication skills or whatever you're looking for in that position, yeah. there's always like, I always say you can, you can teach the, teach the tactics or the skills or the strategies that you need, yeah. but it's the, like the, those untrainable traits that they need to have in order to be able to do those things well. Um, That's a good way to put that. So I've lived by that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And so my, so my sort of next question on, on the communication thing is about storytelling, right? One of the things that I'm really, really convinced of is that the best communicators are generally, they generally understand stories at sort of like a next level, right? Either the ability to tell them or to read, like to, to really see the pieces of a story and how to put it together. And I'm just sort of curious, is that something that you found as well with communication is that learning how to how to tell a good story has been um, essential to learning how to be a good communicator? For sure. I mean, I think, you know, the relationships we try, the when we work with clients, you know, we're not about trying to build transactional relationships with them and their customers, right? You know, you know, ultimately, if you want to be a successful business and really grow incrementally, it's about telling stories, what makes you unique and different. Um, and it's not, a lot of times it's not just because, you know, if they tell me, oh, we have better prices or our customer service is better. I'm like, these are all things that everybody says. No, what, what, what makes your business what it is? What's unique and different about it? What's your origin story? Like, why should people care? about, you know, working with you. So what, what are those stories and really trying to dig deep into what that is. And if we, in our initial conversations, if we feel like there's nothing there, that there's nothing unique or differentiate, like we typically avoid those opportunities because we know we're going to go, get two or three months in and we're not going to move the needle for them. So we really try to be selective about who we work with and make sure that, you know, it doesn't mean that their, their stories have to be all fleshed out, but it means you better for, at your core, you, you better have some, some something of significance behind what you're doing that people can connect with. Um, you know, it's a little bit different in B2B versus B2C. And a lot of people have emotional connections to the brands that they associate with in a B2C environment. So B2B, it, there's maybe not as much of an emotional connection, but still people do business with who they trust and they like. And that goes deeper than just you have better pricing or you have good customer service, like, no, what, who, who are you and why do you do what you do and what makes you different? So we really try to pull that back and, and really dive deep into that so that we can tell those stories over an extended period of time. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, uh, it's really, really cool to think about too. And it's um, when, when I was in the business of helping brands build, um, that's one of the things we talk about all the time is like, you know, like learning how to master your story and talking mm-hmm. about like how you walk people through your story is a, is a really important part of your marketing. Yeah, um, for sure. Um, yeah, so super fascinating. So the uh, the flip side then of your superpowers is your uh, fatal flaw, right? So just like every Superman has his kryptonite or Wonder Woman can't remove her bracelets of victory without going mad, you probably have a flaw that's held you back in your business, right? Something that you struggled with. For me, it was things like uh, perfectionism, which kept me from shipping. 
um, or lack of self-care early on in my career. Where I would let my clients walk all over me. <laughs> um, and, you know, uh, but I think more important than the flaw is how have you worked to overcome that, you know, either, you know, to go around it or to, to deal with it so that you can continue to grow your business. And hopefully sharing, sharing that will help our, our listeners learn a little bit from your experience. Sure. Um, there's a couple of things. Uh, so real quick, I talked about being kind of socially introverted, so that's definitely uh, a flaw for me personally. I'm bad at emoting. Like I don't, I'm not a very emotional person, but if we're talking about something that has affected the business, I would say that overly being overly generous, overly kind. I, you know, we, we, like I said, we're a month to month agency, which you know, I'm in a digital mastermind group and everybody that I talk to that owns agencies cringes when I say that. So there's not a lot of agencies that do that. And, and I understand both sides of it. Um, but I think that what I've learned over the course, I, I believe in that methodology, but at the same time, you know, our contract is very client friendly too much. Uh, and it's because I'm really trying to, to do what the best, when I thought about launching my agency, I, I love the, the concept in the word disrupt, like disruption. Like I always use the Uber example. And I think about when they were sitting in a room and they invented Uber, like, how brilliant of an idea, the, how they simplified the experience of getting a ride from one place to another and leveraging the existing infrastructure and making it such a, a frictionless experience for the, for the end yeah. user. And I really wanted to take that kind of mindset with an agency. Like, how can I create a frictionless experience for clients? What are the things that they, are, they don't like about working with an agency and what, how, how can I eliminate that? And certainly at the top of the list was long-term contracts. So I believe in that conception, but at the same time, I've probably gone too far in terms of it being too client-friendly and that I've needed to kind of backtrack a little bit and put a little bit of protective layers in there to help our agency ensure that it's protected and that, you know, and, and so a lot of that's come from as a, we've gotten as a bigger team and it's gotten bigger than me. It's, it's not just about protecting me. It's about protecting my team and yeah, making sure that, we're fiscally viable and, and that, you know, we start to hold clients a little bit accountable for the, these relationships as well. So definitely being overly generous has, has been my flaw and something that I've continued to work on as we've matured as an agency. And, and I feel like we are in a position to be a little bit more, um, a little bit more aggressive in, in some of the language in terms of what we do and how we, you know, position our relationships with clients. Yeah, yeah, that's an interesting line to walk, right? Because I, I, we did the same thing with our agency. It's all mm -hmm. month to month. Yeah. Um, and it's it's a it's a tough it's a tough line, right? Where you're like, I need, um, I want to be as client friendly as possible. Yeah. Um, which helps you to both sign clients, um, but it also you also need to, um, like any of the work that you do as an agency, you have, like, the longer you do it, the more impact it has on the business. Yeah. Yeah. Which is well, I try, the... you know, yeah, I think there's the, there's the legal side of things. And then there's the kind of the conversations that I have with them. I say like, you know, legally you can cancel whenever you want, but ultimately this is going to take three to six months. So I'm, I'm very, we're very transparent with them about expectations and, you know, 90% of the time it, it, it works, but as you scale and get bigger and more people, more clients, you're, you're, you're going to come across situations where others will try to take advantage of that. So it's just a matter of finding the right balance. Yeah. Yeah. I look forward to running into those problems as we grow. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so my next question for you is about your, your common enemy, right? So every, every superhero has an arch nemesis, right? It's a thing they constantly have to fight against in their world. Um, in the world of business, it takes on a lot of forms, but generally speaking, we put it in the context of your clients, right? And it's a mindset or a flaw 
that you are constantly have to fight to overcome so that you can actually get them the result they hired you for, right? Mm -hmm. And if you had your magic wand, and as soon as they sign on the dotted line, you could bop them on the head and not have to deal with that. What is that arch nemesis? Oh, that's easy. That's cleaning up other marketers' messes. Uh, I, <laughs> a big part of what we, we get a lot of clients that come to us that have had bad experiences, have been misled, have been uh, spent a lot of money on, um, you know, no results. So a lot of times they come to us with a, a lot of hesitation um, and they just don't, you know, mar marketing tip can often get, has a bad kind of association with it. So a lot of times I'm having to kind of talk them through why we're different and, and what the right way is and what you can expect when things are done the right way. And, and so a lot of it is just kind of educating and kind of talking them off the ledge and, and getting them away from, you know, not all marketers are bad. Uh, there are good ones. There are good agencies. So a lot of what I do is, is designed around that. So that definitely complicates uh, what we do and oftentimes creates a longer decision-making timeline uh, because we kind of have to work through that and demonstrate our competency, whether it's through just the conversations that we have, examples of our work, testimonials, um, you know, that month to month thing certainly helps kind of cut through that a little bit because they don't have to worry about kind of getting into a long-term relationship without getting a taste of what we can do. So that is definitely a big thing that I'm having to overcome fairly often with a lot of the uh, uh, calls that I have with folks. Yeah. Yeah. That's an interesting thing too, right? Cause I, th I think it happens in a lot of industries. We did, uh, um, I said when we were doing the brand building stuff, the biggest problem we ran into is like the, you know, the website and the marketing that someone previously had done and it's yeah. all just built terribly. Yep. Um, and it, it's, it's interesting because marketing, like as a, as a whole, because everyone needs it, yep. it, it attracts a lot of people to come and provide those services, yep. whether or not they have the chops to actually do it and do it well. Well, that's, and that's part of the problem is that you're getting so many people that think that they're marketers, right? They're like, oh, like, like especially some of the younger generation that have built a social media following and they're like, oh, I've built this huge following. So I, you know, and then, then it's just all vanity metrics at that point. Like anybody can build an audience on Instagram or Facebook. You know, you, there's a hundred different ways to do that quickly and easily, but ultimately what really separates the pretender versus, pretenders versus those that are seasoned pros are is the work that we're doing actually translating to customers, leads, sales. So yeah. that's where we hang our hat does it, on. Does it affect the bottom line? <laughs> yeah, for sure. So there's a lot of education that comes with folks that have kind of been led down a, a bad path. Yeah, so since that, that's, that's a fairly common problem, um, how, how, do you, how do you sort of handle that in the sales conversations for, um, for people who are listening who might be in that same situation running a business and having to deal with the other, you know, the people who came before them they yeah. do a great job. Well, you know, I never speak poorly of anybody previously. I, I don't have all the, I never have all the context of that. So I never start with that by any means. I, I really, what I just try to focus on is um, the, the, the strategies that we've used are, are just, you know, our, our core values, you know, in terms of sharing with them, like what we believe in, what we've done, you know, we show them the work that we've done. We've got these great case studies on our website that, really go deep into the work that we've done and the results that it's generated. I think it's that. I think it's personally having 20 plus years experience, um, some you know track record work we've done. Um, again, our 
month to month, I think inherently helps, you know, alleviate some of concerns that people have. And ultimately it goes back to what I said, my superpower, just being a good communicator. I think when I have the opportunity to have a conversation with folks, I, I think they can feel that I'm authentic and what I'm saying is true. And that I'm not just trying to sell. I've been, I'm not trying to sell anybody. I mean, I, you know, there's a, sales is a big part of what I do, but I'm, I'm not trying to sell anybody. I'm just telling them like, you know, trying to understand who they are, what they're looking for. Can we help? Like, I'm just trying to navigate a conversation with them to see if like, I feel like there's a really good mutual fit there. If there is, then they, they sense the passion and the authenticity about what I'm talking about. So I think inherently they get that. So I think as long as you approach opportunities authentically and not try to be everything to everybody, you know, you gotta be okay to say no, you know, there's a, yeah. there's a decent percentage of ones that I, I, I've built a, a, a process where we say no to a decent amount because it's not going to be a good fit, whether it's budget, whether it's, we, I don't think we can help them, whether there's other things they need to work on. So as long as you take that approach, I think ultimately you're going to be able to kind of cut through um, dealing with any negative experiences that they've had. Yeah, that's really good advice. So my next question for you then is your driving force, right? It's the, the flip side of your common enemy. Um, and, you know, just like Spider-Man fights to save New York or Batman fights to save Gotham or Google fights to index and categorize all the world's information, what is it that you guys fight for at Socialistics? Yeah. You know, I could sit here and tell you, you know, um, you know, we want to be a world-class social media agency. We want to deliver results. And all of those things are true. But if you're asking, I mean, really at the end of the day, what I take a lot of pride in and what motivates and drives me is I want to build an agency that that provides people a place to work, a, 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 a work environment of freedom. And what I mean by that is, you know, my entire life, I've, I've ran the rat race. I've sat in traffic for two or three hours to get to work and sit behind a desk for eight, nine, 10 hours and, you know, time track and, and do all of these corporate things that you have to do to run a business. And all of it was always frustrating to me because at the end of the day, it's about the results and it's about doing great work. And I didn't care about all these other things that were getting in my way. They were noise. And the minute that I was able, that I took the leap to, to be independent and do my own thing, I literally added another day in the week. I wasn't sitting in traffic for two, three, four hours a day. I literally, I have six weekdays now that I have to work with because I'm not sitting on a bus or sitting in a car. So my productivity has gone through the roof. Now I've built an, a, a lifestyle where I want to go to my kids' little league game. I'm going to go do it. Like, I don't care when my people work or where they work. All I care about is they're accessible. They do great work. You treat people well. You treat our clients well. And everything else figures itself out. So, and I cannot even tell you how much, how less stressed I am, how less, much less anxiety I feel, how happy I am to, to, to have control of my life. I have control of living my life the way that I want to on my terms and I want other people to have that too. And to see me be able to find incredible people and give them that moms that have stay at home moms or single moms that now get to have a career and be around their children as much as they would like and be able to be a part of their lives more significantly. Um, and just being able to give people that freedom is the, one of the most empowering, exciting things for me. Like to, so yes, do we want to build a world-class social media agency? Do we want to deliver? Yes. All, all those things are a given, but ultimately finding great people and giving them a life of freedom is what makes me wake up every day feeling like I've done something meaningful. Like that to me is, that's definitely my driving force. That's uh, that's 
beautiful um, because I, I relate to it so well, yeah. right? My uh, my my business name, the one you know, the the one that you put on the LLC paperwork, mm-hmm. um, is called Five Freedoms. Um, Love it. And and we we talk, I talk all the time about you know the the five freedoms are spiritual freedom, political freedom, financial freedom, and then time freedom and location freedom. Yeah. Uh, which are the you I know those it. are the two that people miss all the time. It's the time and location freedom. It's the ability to right. do what you want, where when you want to do it, those kind of things. And uh, I feel it's sort of the same way, right? The way I always put it in my in my business is I want I want I, I fight for adventure, right? Mm-hmm. So we we have a, a very cool world and cool technology, cool stuff, and like there's so much to do and see and just experience in our world that if we if we spend all of our time working, right, or sitting yeah. in traffic or dealing with that noise, uh, then you miss out on it. And yeah. I think if we can get rid of all the noise, as you put it, yeah. and just focus on we can get the results for our clients and do yep. and deliver top of the line work for them, whatever that is, um, then you can take the rest of your time and put it towards enjoying this world we have. Yeah, for sure. And I'm not naive. I know there's a lot of people that live in the world that have jobs that ultimately they have to deal with commutes and be physically located at places. But, uh, you know, in terms of the world that I live in and work in, if I can just create a small little place for some people to experience that, then I feel like I've made, you know, making a difference in other people's lives like that is, is, is certainly a higher on the list than anything else. Yeah. So just sort of in that same vein, um, one of the things that really struck me um, when I started hiring other people was the massive like mindset shift. It goes from like my business has to support me mm-hmm. right, and my family to like how how vital it is to continue to 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 bring in revenue and do good work for your clients. As soon as like now I've got other families that depend on this business being yeah. viable that like for me, it was, you know, to. uh use harsh language it was like a mind fuck right like yeah, like for sure like holy cow there's there's my business has other people and their families relying on us doing good work and continuing to grow and yeah. continuing to be viable how did you sort of deal with that transition yeah and that's the new stress right it's like i've eliminated the, the other kinds of stress but my new stress is oh i i, I this isn't just me it's like i have to i'm taking care of other people and i have their their ability to pay their bills is somewhat you know, reliant on making sure that I'm making good choices and running the business effectively. So yeah, I, um, how do I deal with that? I mean, I think part of it is I'm very transparent with my team. You know, I'm very open and honest with them about where things are at and what's happening, what's working, what isn't. Um, I, I want everybody to feel like they are an active contributor and a big part of building what, what is that we're creating, especially in these beginning stages. So that open honesty certainly plays a part in that. And, I, and, I, and this goes back to one of my weaknesses. I've always said I'm, I'm bad at emoting. Well, one of the things I'm working on is to, to be transparent with my team. You know, not like, you know, there, there are days where I wake up and I freak out about things probably more so than I should. I always say your highs are never as high as they appear to be and your lows are never as low as they appear to be. But as a business owner, you kind of, you know, you go back and forth. So I, I never try to kind of like, you know, overly over, you know, overreact. Uh, around my team, but I, you know, I'm honest with them. I'm like, Hey, I'm, I'm worried. I'm, this is how I'm feeling about things these days. And here's why, and, and here's what I'm working on to kind of address that. So I think being that way with your team brings, they make, they, they makes them feel like they're not just an employee or they're not just doing work that they're a trusted advisor and that they're, they're a big part of what it is that we're trying to build. So 
that certainly plays a part into it. And just being fiscally responsible, you know, I, you know, I make sure that, you know, we have a buffer, you know, like when the, 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 the pandemic hit, like it was hard and we lost a couple of clients, but because being fiscally responsible and, and not, you know, getting too crazy with what we were doing, I, I had a little bit to fall back on. So I always feel like, you know, I, I owe it to my people to ensure that if and when the shit hits the fan and we got to go through a couple months of difficult times, we're going to be able to get through that. So um, I definitely make sure that we kind of have that built in and, and not try to be overly uh, aggressive in things that we invest in to grow as a business. So we've had a lot of very incremental growth because of that, but I think that's made sense for us. You know, I'd love to be two, three, four, five times bigger than what we are, but you know, we got to have the right type of growth and not overly risk yeah. things so that I can protect my team. That's what, one of the things I'm currently working on is figuring out how do we continue to grow while also like I want to I want to put like six months worth of payroll yeah. in the bank. Right. <laughs> yeah. um, if for nothing for else, sure. then, you know, you want to you want to have have everything ready to go for when the shit hits the fan. Because yeah. apparently it can happen anytime. <laughs> it can and it will. Yeah. And it has. And now the whole yeah. world has seen it. So, yep, for sure. Yeah. Okay, so my next question for you is more on uh, the practical side, right? I call this the hero's tool belt. And, you know, just like every superhero has a tool belt with awesome gadgets like batarangs or web slingers or laser eyes or, you know, big magical hammer. I'm going to talk about top one or two tools that you couldn't live without in your business. Could be anything from your notepad to your calendar to your uh, your marketing tools to something you use for, you know, product delivery or your service delivery in this case. Um, yeah. Something you think is essential to getting the job done. Sure. Um, there's a couple of things that come to mind. Um, one is super obvious. I mean, we're, we were a remote virtual agency before the pandemic hit. So, um, but Slack is kind of our headquarters. So our ability to have a, a team environment digitally where we can communicate and keep the conversations organized. I mean, it's been a, I don't know how a Slack or a, a Slack equivalent, like is a, a no brainer. Like you have to have something like that. So we, we are using that religiously and it's a huge tool in, in what we use. Um, you know, we, as a social media agency, data is very important reporting analytics. So we use a platform called agency analytics, which is a tremendous tool as a marketing agency to provide custom dashboarding for clients. That's digestible. It's not overwhelming. It's very visual. It's customizable. They connect with everything under the sun. It's been a huge platform for us to be able to deliver, world-class analytics to our clients. And, um, and the last one that steps out is it's kind of a tool, but more tool slash services, a, a company called uh, The Collective. They used to be called Hike, H-Y-K-E. They just rebranded to The Collective, um, I think in the past couple of weeks. And they're basically kind of like a 2.0 accounting financial firm that helps startups, basically. That's, they're, they're, oh, that's built, cool. they're in Slack. You know, I always found with accounting, it's like old school, traditional, like I always felt like I'd ha always have a question that I needed answered quickly. And it's like, well, okay, I try to call, I leave a message. It's just felt very old school and not, it didn't align to our business. So I really, I was lucky to kind of be referred to this group. That's much more technology-based, accessible, and they just helped me navigate parts of the business that I don't even want to think about taxes, accounting. They just, they help alleviate a lot of the stuff that I don't have time for quickly, easily, efficiently, and affordably. So that's been nice to have that resource. 
so that I'm not uh, forgetting and overseeing tax related things I need to be plugged into making sure that they advise appropriately and just just having a resource like when I have a question, like around a loan or this or how do I fill this out just that quick accessibility has been a, a tremendous asset to our business so I don't have to waste time thinking about things yeah. I don't want to be wasting time on. That's cool. I may need to uh, get a referral from you for that because I need to get that situation yeah. in my business. And, great. You know, they're all the stuff that I've looked into is all, you know, accounting is over my head, which is, yeah, I don't want to think about it. And they do a great job of helping me not think about it. So that's cool. So yeah. on, on the, the agency analytics thing, what do you, what do you find are, you know, cause you, you mentioned a couple of times the metrics that matter versus vanity metrics. When you're looking at putting dashboards together, what mm -hmm. do you find are the metrics that you have to put together for your, your clients to feel good about the work that you're doing. I mean, you're always going to have some of the vanity metrics in there in terms of, you know, audience growth engagement. We try to do more things around, um, you know, leads generated, whether it's Facebook lead campaigns that we run or leads captured in forms on their website. So, you know, leads, customers, sales, you know, data that we can kind of pull from analytics on their website through Google analytics or those sorts of things, but they're, they're really a plug and play environment where you can kind of connect to everything. So each client might be a little bit different in terms of what we connect to make sure that we can build a visual, um, a visual uh, layout that makes sense for them that uh, pulls in the, uh, the metrics that, ultimately their goals and objectives align to. So every dashboard is a little bit different. It just depends. On, there's yeah. a lot of similarities so across would that, them. Would that be a, like a competitor to like a Google data studio? Yeah, it's, it's uh, yeah, it's probably not. It's, it feel, I feel like agency analytics is a little bit more, it's not, I wouldn't call it enterprise. I would say it's super affordable. It's like 150 a month and, uh, but it's really scalable and I've never, we've never felt like it didn't do something that we needed. So I think the biggest challenge yeah. that we found a lot of clients come to us with these like massive reports and they're just, they're ugly and they're confusing and clients don't have time to deal with that. They need something quick, easy, get me to the point. An agency analytics kind of delivered that the ability to kind of deliver a very digestible report with a lot of flexibility around what it looks like, how it works and, and how we can deliver it. So it's just been a huge yeah. um, I, tool for I us. I know personally, as someone who's trying to grow my agency and my business, like the thing that I'm most interested in is figuring out how to get all of the, the things that have to happen in my business mm -hmm. turned into digestible reports. So I can just like see a quick overview of like, here's where this is at, here's where this is at, here's where the other thing is at yeah. and be able to make decisions and move on. Yeah. Um, Cause that's like, that's the thing that I need to be doing. And yep. so the better job the reporting is done and like, you know, for, for us, it's like figuring out how to do some of those things, but I can imagine, you know, hiring an agency that be able to just say like, uh, quickly look at the report and be like, yep, that looks good to me. And, you know, make decisions and move on yeah. for your clients. is probably a huge boon. Yeah, no, it's a great tool. Great tool. Cool. Speaking of heroic tools, I want to take a few minutes to tell you about a tool we built that powers the hero show and is now this show's primary sponsor. Hey there, fellow podcaster. Having a weekly audio and video show on all the major online networks that builds your brand, creates fame, and drives sales for your business doesn't have to be hard. I know it feels that way because you've tried managing your show internally and realize how resource intensive it can be. You felt the pain of pouring eight to 10 hours of work into just getting one hour of content published and promoted all over the place. You see the drain on your resources, but you do it anyways because you know how powerful it is. Heck, you've probably even tried some of those automated solutions and ended up with stuff that makes your brand look cheesy and cheap. That's not helping grow your business. Don't give up though. 
The struggle ends now. Introducing Push Button Podcasts, a done-for-you service that will help you get your show out every single week without you lifting a finger after you've pushed that stop record button. We handle everything else, uploading, editing, transcribing, writing, research, graphics, publication, and promotion, all done by real humans who know, understand, and care about your brand almost as much as you do. Empowered by our own proprietary technology, our team will let you get back to doing what you love while we handle the rest. Check us out at pushbuttonpodcast.com forward slash hero for 10% off the lifetime of your service with us and see the power of having an audio and video podcast growing and driving micro celebrity status and business in your niche without you having to lift more than a finger to push that stop record button. Again, that's pushbuttonpodcast.com forward slash hero. See you there. You're listening to The Hero Show, unlocking the power of influence and success. So my next question for you is about your own personal heroes, right? So every hero has their mentors. Frodo had Gandalf, Luke had Obi-Wan. Robert Kiyosaki had his rich dad. And, you know, Spider-Man even had his uncle Ben. So who were some of your heroes? Were they real-life mentors, speakers, authors, peers who were maybe a couple of years ahead of you? And how important were they to what you've accomplished so far in growing socialytics? Yeah. Um, so my answer to this is going to sound very cheesy, um, but it's authentic, which aligns to one of my core values. It's real. Um, I've, I've self-taught. I unfortunately throughout my entire professional career, I have not had really any good managers or mentors. I mean, I'm sure I've had small bits of it over time, but nothing that really stands out that really made a significant difference in my life. Um, and that's not a sob story. It's just my, my reality. So a lot of what I've done is, has been self-taught. So when I think of the term hero, which I think can be uh, a word that's often, um, overused. Um, so I, yeah. I take it, I don't take it lightly when I think of the word hero, that's a pretty significant word. Um, so for me to, to stand out, um, my mom by far, she, uh, she passed away in 06, but, uh, I grew up in a single parent, um, environment with my brother myself and my mom. And she had to make a ton of sacrifices just to pay the bills. And we grew up poor and she did everything she could to, to give us a good life and, and kind of shield us from our realities. And although in the moment when I was a kid, I probably didn't recognize that or appreciate it as much as I've gotten older in life. I certainly do. Um, I wish every day that I uh, had one more opportunity to, to tell her that. So she's definitely somebody that uh, I consider a hero and has made a huge impact in helping me be the man that I am and what I've been able to accomplish. Um, the second part of that is, um, my kids, my two boys, I have two boys, one is 18 and the other is 15. And, uh, I consider them heroes because they've been through a lot. Um, you know, they've, uh, they've dealt with a divorce, uh, and which is never easy on kids. Um, my youngest was born practically premature and had to have heart surgery within a year of his life and has always been small, uh, for his age. And so just, uh, the amount of crap that he's had to go through and just, he's this amazing kid who just isn't phased by any of it. Um, he has his, he has his own podcast. Um, I mean, the kid's amazing what he's been <laughs> able to so accomplish cool. and everything that's been thrown at him. My older son, um, same thing, you know, he, you know, it's been, it's been tough for him too, but he started a, a t-shirt, um, brand with a friend of his a couple of years ago, and it's been pretty darn successful, <laughs> um for where they're at and where they're going with it just so just just seeing them do the things that they're doing and just just being great humans you know they're they're good kids and um they appreciate 
everything that uh, that they get, and they're just they're just they've always been great kids, and that's not a common thing these days. Um, you know, and I, I I'm sure you know, I, yeah, I'm, I'm partial, but they really are. So I you know I just look at what they've accomplished and what they've done, and you know I've tried to be the best father that I can be, and I know that I'm not perfect, and uh, just to see what they've accomplished and where they're at is uh, is something that I take a lot of pride around and you know, that I draw from. So I would say as, as cheesy as it may sound, it's, it's my mom and, and my two boys. So that is a uh, far less cheesy than you would imagine. <laughs> I asked, I, I asked that question to every, every guest who comes on yeah. and probably no fewer than 80% of the people we have on it's, it's a mom, a dad, yeah. a grandma, grandpa, uncle, or yeah. a child. Who comes well, it could be, it could be an easy answer to give just a, but I mean, it really is in, in yeah. my life. Yeah. That's, that's what stands out more than anything. Uh, and it's the same for me, right? You know, my wife, my grandmother, my parents, uh, they, they've shaped who I am. And, uh, you know, just looking, my, you know, my oldest just turned 11 the other day. And, you know, I got four of them. So I got a boy and two <laughs> girls. Yeah. And, you know, they've, they've shaped so much about who I've become over the last decade yeah. um, that I, like, I can't even, I couldn't, even, it would be hard to even put it into words how, how much they impact you. Um, just by watching them grow and become the little humans that they're becoming. <laughs> yeah, well, for sure. I can relate. So, yeah, that's super cool. Yeah. So my uh, my next question for you here is about your guiding principles, right? It's one of the things that makes heroes heroic is that they live by a code. For instance, Batman never kills his enemies. He only ever brings them to Arkham Asylum. So as we wrap up the interview, I'm going to talk about top one or two principles you use regularly in your life. Maybe something you wish you know when you first started out on your own hero's journey. Yeah, the two that stand out, and I've kind of this word's kind of getting thrown out throughout our time together is just being authentic. Um, again, it's another one of those words that are, it gets overused that everybody throws out because it's fancy and it sounds good, but ultimately, you know, just being yourself and trusting that. I think we live in a world right now, which is unfortunately, it's like you can't disagree with anybody. Um, I, I, you know, we've lost our way, like where people can still be friends or colleagues and have differentiating opinions. Um, we've gotten away from that. And I think people sometimes are afraid to, to be their true selves. And I think that that's a dangerous world to live in. I, um, I just, I, I really enjoy being around people that are authentic, um, and what they say and what they do. Uh, the opposite is a big pet peeve of mine. If people are fake and it just, I just, I don't want to be around that sort of thing. So being authentic is such a core principle of mine personally and professionally. And the other is just being helpful. I think that, you know, I go into a lot of conversations professionally where I can tell that this is not a good fit for us. They probably can't afford us, but that doesn't mean that I'm hanging up the phone right away. You know, I still have a, a genuine desire to be helpful to them. Like maybe we're not a good fit, but let's hear them out a little bit and see what their situation is. And maybe I can provide them some guidance, some real guidance and not mislead them uh, and point them in the right direction. So I, I always try to approach every conversation I have with people personally or professionally, like how, how can I be helpful to this person? Like, what do they need? Like, what can I, what can I do that's going to make their life easier or better uh, in some way? So I think those two things for me are, have been, core values of my own that have helped me navigate, you know, having some great relationships personally and, and building a successful business professionally. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the helpful one is one of those things that, uh, 
um, has always been sort of a core value of mine as well that I didn't I didn't really know that it was until I started like fi- finding people that were like why are you like that and then it was like oh no. I didn't realize that was not a that was not a normal oh, cause, thing yeah because it's not the norm people are <laughs> not used to that anymore so it's it's yeah, become like, less of a thing. I've always approached my uh, sales conversations that way, where it's like, I'll just tell you everything I know about everything um, and, you know, give you access to our templates and our processes, like yeah. whatever you need to help be successful. And like, like whether or not you hire me is sort of irrelevant, right? Because right. the the reality is, is like, they're going to realize like, oh, you're, you know your stuff and yeah. I don't want to do that. Right? That's, yeah, it's okay. interesting. That's why I'm so, talking to an agency. Yeah. We launched a podcast, a socialistic podcast, and really it's designed, it's all, it's, it's called social media stories. And we, all they do is talk about like, here's how I did this, or here's tools that I've used, or here's where I screwed up. You know, maybe you can avoid making the same mistake. So it's really kind of designed around helping other people that are either thinking about starting an agency or just starting out. And people are like, well, why, why would you do that? You're going to compete with them. And I'm like, that's, that's what I have to give. Like why, you know, I want to help other people. There's enough business to go around, especially for good marketers. So I I feel like, you know, it's me being authentic and just doing, I have this experience and knowledge to share. And I think it would be a disservice to not put it out there. Absolutely. I I agree uh, completely on that whole point. Uh, And it's, it's amazing how, how powerful it is when, uh, um, because it, being helpful to someone else is one of those things that it it ties your story together with someone else. It creates those strong relationships with your clients, and they want to sure. stick around for a long term because uh, you've actually like genuinely helped them. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, for sure. I, I, some of some of my best referrals in my business have come from people who didn't hire me, but yeah. I helped them enough that they're like, I you know, whenever they come to someone who needs who needs my help, they're like, <laughs> they refer them in, into into you, even though yeah. we've never done business together. Be helpful, so. be authentic, help other people out, and good things will come your way naturally, organically. Yeah. Cool. Well, it's basically a wrap on our interview, but I have one little thing that I do at the end of all of my interviews that I call, um, it's called the hero's challenge. And it's a, uh, it's a simple little, little thing that basically I use to, um, get access to stories I might otherwise not find on my own. Um, so the question is simple. Do you have someone in your life or in your network that you think has a cool entrepreneurial story? Who are they? Uh, first names are fine. And why do you think they should come share their story on our show? First person that comes to mind. Yeah, it's, I had mentioned earlier, I'm part of this digital mastermind group of other agency owners, which has been a huge, um, it's been a huge thing for us. And there's a, there's a gal in there that I've had some conversations with that is the first person that I felt like I was talking to myself, like, and I could learn from. And it's just, it's just been this really awesome back and forth where we've been helping each other out. And we've, we've only known each other for, you know, a month, maybe a little over a month, but it's just been so rewarding to have somebody that I can relate to on such a deep level professionally. And, and her story's not vastly different than ours in terms of what we do and, and how they are, where they're at, but there's a lot of differences that I've learned from. So her name's Audra. She's, um, their agency is uh, uh, Brem, Brem Media. Hopefully I'm pronouncing that right. B-R-E-H-M Media. They're a social media agency based out of uh, Colorado that focuses on the beauty and fashion industry. But um, I think she probably has something pretty interesting to share that's similar to, to my journey. Um, but that's definitely the first one that comes to mind, just, you know, being the first person that I've been able to kind of just relate to on such a deep level that uh, it's been tough because you're kind of out on an island when you're doing this sort of thing in a remote way. Yeah. So it's tough to find people that you can just like shoot the shit with professionally and just totally jive with. So she's definitely the first person that, that comes to mind that would yeah. be uh, interesting to talk to. 
it's interesting too because right, I have a couple of people in my life that sort of fill that role, and yeah. I don't know where my business would be without them. Um, yeah. And the longer the longer right. our relationship has lasted, the better all of our businesses have come. Yeah. Become because of it. So sure. hopefully that sure. same thing happens with you guys. Yeah. Um, and absolutely. we'll we'll reach out later and see if we can get an introduction to her and get her on the show yeah. and hear her story. Sure. Um, which. You know, that's basically a wrap on our interview. Um, and like I said, in comic books, there's always the crowd at the end who is standing around clapping, cheering for the hero and their acts of heroism. Um, so as we close, what I want to do, our analogous to that, is find out where can people find you if they want your help? Um, where can they light up the bat signal, so to speak, and say, hey, Jason, can you come help our business with our social media? Um, so, And I think more importantly than where they can go is who are the right types of businesses to reach out and um, and ask for help? Yeah. Well, uh, that's one nice thing about having a, a Google-like name is you just search for socialistics and you'll find us. But uh, basically, socialistics.com is our, is our website, and you can find us on every social media channel using that, that name. You can find our podcast on our website as well. Um, and as far as you know, the right type of, I mean, honestly, there, there's two, two types of right. There's the people that, or there's, I guess there's a couple. I mean, if you're just, you know, you want to learn, you, you're wanting to get involved in social media, you know, feel free to reach out. If you're a business that's just looking for a little bit of direction, maybe your budget's not quite in the four figures, but you just want some direction. I'm happy to have those conversations. Or if you're a business that, you know, is spending a couple thousand dollars on marketing comfortably and, and feels like, you know, ultimately you're, you don't have any idea whether your social media is doing anything for your business and you want to be able to make that connection we're definitely the right uh, agency to talk to, um, even if it doesn't mean working together, at least kind of getting you pointed in the right direction and what to be thinking about and, 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 and how to ask the right questions in terms of who you partner with. So those are the best folks that uh, would find some value in reaching out to us. Awesome. Thank you very much for your time today, Jason. It's been uh, a pleasure having you on. And if you've been listening and you are in that B2B space with your business, uh, definitely take the time to reach out to Jason. I know social media is a huge, huge part of growing a business nowadays. Um, so even if it's just to get on the phone and, and you know pick his brain a little bit for, for a little while, obviously he's got a lot of experience here. Um, and again, Jason, thank you so much for coming on today. Do you have any final words of wisdom for our audience before I hit this uh, stop record button? Yep. Just be authentic, be helpful, be a good person and uh, everything else will fall into place, but appreciate the opportunity to spend time with you today. Awesome. Thank you for coming on, Jason.